Hello and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. A goal in the fourth minute by Caroline Graham Hansen saw Chelsea lose 1-0 in the first leg of their Champions League semi-final against Barcelona. I am almost certainly to blame for this because about three minutes in I turned to my friends and said we were doing better than the last time we played them and then CGH did that. But unlike before, Chelsea did stay in the half, they did stay in the game. And I think they stayed in this tie, to be honest. Uh, there were points where we outplayed Barcelona. I think we neutralised them way more effectively than a lot of other teams have done this season. A lot more effectively than the last time we played them. But at the same time, we faded a lot. Um, and maybe by the end of the game, we were probably lucky to probably lucky to be leaving only 1-0 down. Lots to unpack here. We have to talk about the Maronaissance credit to George on Twitter for that one, as well as how Hayes set the team up, changes she made. But Abdullah, I want to come to you first. Um, just get your your general take on this match because I feel very kind of conflicted in terms of like what I thought might happen, how I felt when the goal went in and like how the whole game played out. Yeah, it was it was a strange one. I I have mixed emotions, and and I can. It's weird because I, I that first half was really good. Like I didn't expect Chelsea to play the way they did in that first half. I thought the setup actually worked. Um, and it was, it was similar to what I thought they would do, but with the with the added notion that you know they actually were able to execute it a lot better than I think we all thought they would. I thought there were some really good defensive performances in there throughout. Um, but then I, I don't know what happened in that second half. It's like the minute the team came back outside, it's just they their energy the energy dropped, the, the tactics changed. Um, Barcelona decided to play a little bit more, and it was it was just a whole different thing. And you're right, I think I think it was just lucky that we only lost one nil. Um, I don't know how good or a bad thing that is because in any other tie against any other team, if you're only down one nil, you're like all right there's a good chance you can come back from this. But, um, you know, but against Barcelona, you're going to the camp now, um, you know, in a week's time. It's like, it's it's a tough one. I think Chelsea needed a goal here. So, yeah, I got mixed emotions about this. And I think we'll get into into the details why. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think any other team and you're like, okay, one nil down, we're still in this. But it does feel like it will be an uphill battle. But equally, I think you've we've managed to keep it so that it does come down to one game and I think my big fear was that well you know we've seen us be blown away we've seen other teams be just absolutely blown away to the point where you're just going to play out a tie for no reason and I just thought that would be miserable so I'm glad we're in a position where even if it seems unlikely even if the the chances are against us there is a game still to go and be played um Let's get in some three-word match reviews. Clayton at goalie59 coming in with running on fumes. Ishan, Shah down, not out. Janique going with better than 2021. Caden, 90 more minutes. CJ Paul goes with welcome back, Panila. And two underscore pressures says way too defensive. I'm going with better than expected because it was. I thought, um, I obviously wanted us to win or at least draw, but in my heart of hearts, I was just like, if we can get away with only a one goal differential, like I will take that. And we we got a result that was better than I expected after they scored after four minutes. Thought no way do, at that point. I thought no way do we stop them scoring again, but we did. 
Um, and I think we played for portions of the match much better than I expected us to. Um, I thought there was a clear tactical plan. I thought it worked very well at points. Thought it worked less well as the game went on. But, you know, there were changes that I think explain why it worked less well. I The changes themselves I find harder to explain, but we will talk about all of that. Uh, Abdullah, what are you going with for your three-word match review? I'm going with Marin and Magda because I... You asked me a question, but you asked you asked me the question of a week or two weeks ago. I'm literally scared for that pairing against Barcelona. And then they did so much better than I thought. They were so good, especially Marin Mialda. We, we were talking in the WhatsApp group and I was just like, I've not seen a performance like this from either of them. This is probably their best performance of the season and we've lost. But it, it was so good considering they've hardly played with each other this season so yeah for me it's just Marin and Magda I thought I thought that and the wider defense as well but I just thought they were they were amazing today Eminem someone photoshop us Marin and Magda's faces onto an Eminem packet that's that's what we need to uh go with uh yeah I thought both of them both of them were fantastic and I think maybe the story from this game from a Chelsea perspective is that some players rose to the occasion and the opponent and other players I weren't quite sure if they were able to get there but Marin Magda were definitely two who it felt like they they knew what they were doing um okay so as we've said one no win for Barcelona Caroline Graham Hansen goal let's take a look at these teams uh AKB back in goal recovered from that illness she had which kept her out the Villa game we had a back five of Marmielda, Magda Eriksson, Jess Carter with wingbacks, Perisate and Charles, Erin Cuthbert, Leupold and Chankovic as the midfield and Sam Kerr and Gurewriten as a front two, playing up against Panios, Mappi and Irena, Lucy Bronze and Frida Rolfo, Kira Walsh, Aitana Bonmati and Patrick Guijaro. Um, all of that pretty much expected, I think. CGH on the right. Uh, JC uh, started up top and Salma Baroelu on the left too. Um, I think they were the JC and Salma were the two. We weren't quite sure who was going to play. Um, but I think when this lineup came out, everyone, including me, assumed that this was actually a version of the Leon lineup and Neve was going to play ahead of Perisay in support on the right of the front three. And then it lined up and we saw, no, this was, we were back to back three. This was Neva wing back vibes. What, what did you make of all of that? Yeah, I, I initially thought that, you know, because we talked about it in the preview, like we needed someone like Neve to play in front of someone like Eve Paris and give her that protection. And I thought looking at the lineup, all right, cool. That's what's going to happen. You know, Emma's going to go with the same uh, front. You're going to go with the front three of Charles, Wright and, and, and Kerr. And we have Kankovic as a 10 and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And when it switched into more of a back five, um, I was at first I was like, now nah, they're playing an off ball five, two, three shape. And then I'm like, no, 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 this is more of a three, five, two on the ball, five, two, three off the ball. And I actually thought it worked really well. Um, I'm unconvinced this Perisay of Perisay as a wing back. Uh, especially paired up with Magda, sorry, uh, Marin. But, you know, other than that, I thought it worked well. I thought, I thought, I thought Jess Carter was, was fantastic again, probably, you know, top, top two performances today as well. And um, largely I thought the whole defense did really well and they did their jobs. I mean, because besides that wonder goal from, from CGH, they, they pretty much defended decently well, limited Barcelona to, I don't actually remember anything else too cut and dry from Barcelona in terms of chances throughout the game. There's a couple, but not as many as you'd expect them to. 
to be scoring. Um, and then in the middle, you know, it was it was nice to see Kankovic get a game as as almost like the number ten with with Leupold and Cuthbert behind, which I think we expected. Uh, and then Wrighton as almost a second striker, playing very centrally, um, more than we're used to seeing her play. I thought that was an interesting selection there, um, because if she wanted to do that, she could have played Lauren James as the second striker, uh, you know, over over Wrighton, but and and maybe move Wrighton to the left wing back role if we wanted to play it that way. Um, but it was good. It was good to see, and I, I thought overall, I thought the game plan that was there at least for forty five minutes was like, all right, I can see what you're trying to do, and it's sort of working. Um, after that, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the narrow front two was a surprise for me, and again, I think it, it did work. Um, you know, there was a very obvious way they wanted to play with those two, and they did it very successfully. And you know, arguably, aside from some. <laughs> Well, the offside call wasn't that tight. Like, all of her body was offside. But aside from the offside call and, you know, some last-ditch defending from Barcelona, Chelsea probably would have got an equaliser from playing that way. The only thing that I thought was strange is that you just don't exploit really any of the space in behind because you're leaving your two attackers to just match up with Irena and Mappi. I mean, I do think that forced Mappi at least back a lot more. Um, I think you you definitely didn't see her get as forward as much as, as she does sometimes in other games, but it felt like we let Frido and Lucy Bronze off the hook uh, a little bit by playing like that. Um, and then when the changes happened, I it it felt like then there wasn't really a plan, which I guess makes sense because it wasn't the original starting lineup. Um, I liked the idea of playing Guru at left wing back instead. I think that would have been a nice way to kind of get everyone on the pitch. Um and but that being said, I thought Neve had a very good game. I like if you told me two years ago that Neve Charles would one v one defend against Carolina Graham Hansen for like the majority of a match and like at different points block and tackle her, I would have laughed you out the building. But she did pretty well against someone who for me is like one of the best wingers in the world. Um, let's just look at some of these stats as well. So six shots for Chelsea to Barcelona sixteen, four on target for Chelsea, six for Barcelona. 30% possession, Chelsea, 70% Barcelona, really what you expect when you're playing Barca. This is what I want to touch on, Abdullah, this pass accuracy, 59% for Chelsea compared to 83% for Barca. Part of that is Chelsea want to play long ball football. We saw that. It was fine. It kind of worked. But that some of it was, some of the passing was just really poor. And actually, I think for me, that was maybe the thing that made one of the biggest differences today was that there were points when we were making, we should have been making simple passes that would have helped us keep us, keep the ball, move the ball up the pitch. Um, and we just, we couldn't do them. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I thought, I thought a lot of the play was rushed uh, when we got the ball. I, I thought, I thought in, 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 in my mind, it was just like, whenever they got the ball, they were almost so scared of losing it so fast that they wanted to do everything at like two times the speed. Like once they got the ball, they wanted to play this thick passing football, one touch, get it over the top, get it into, get it into feed. And they're playing a lot more longer passes than they were playing shorter passes. And I think that contributed to the pass accuracy. I really felt like there were moments where if they had slowed it down even a teeny bit, they would have been able to find more spaces, more players, because I think they almost underestimated themselves and their own individual abilities because think about it this way. It's not like, no disrespect to Roma when Roma are playing Barcelona, but if Roma are going to do that, you understand because man, woman for woman or player for player, um, Barcelona have better players than Roma, right? Player for player. But 
Chelsea, you have some comparable players that like you're you would back Guru Wrighton against Lucy Bronze. You would back, you know, um Kankovic up against Kira Walsh. Or you know, you you would be able to have these matchups where you're like, all right, you guys can take them on and there's a decent chance you can win that. It's a 50-50. And I almost felt like when they got the ball, they were like, oh no, 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 we just need to pass it up front to Sam Kerr and just let her run run in behind. And I felt like that worked for moments. But then I think once Barcelona realized what was happening, they made the adjustments and they they shut that down. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, giving someone like Aaron Cuthbert and Kankovic a bit more time to just kind of pick up the ball, turn around, look for a second and then play that 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 pass, you know, maybe take one touch and go. I felt like that would have that would have really helped Chelsea calm down uh, the situation and kind of play from there. And while we get into it in, in, in a bit, but like maybe one of the reasons why Lauren James came on, which is maybe just calm things down in that in that in that attacking final third and just give Chelsea that composure of being able to keep the ball, think about it, and then kind of play play those passes out. But uh, yeah, it was really strange. I just don't know why, you know, Emma told them that as soon as you get the ball, because it looked very deliberate, because every player was doing that. As soon as they got the ball, it was just just go forward, just send it straight. Whoever's there, just send it forward. And I, I, I didn't feel like that was that was the way to go. Yeah, I mean, Emma, after the game, said we had a very deliberate plan to go forward and we didn't do that very well. We skipped the pass we were supposed to make too often and when we got into those areas, we didn't finish. Um, and I do think... But then for me, this was the bizarre thing in taking Chankovic off because she felt to me like the only player who was kind of had the confidence, the willingness to take that time, to take that extra touch... Um, I mean, I thought Erin did as well with that, but she's a lot more like she scurries around, you know what I mean? It's not as like graceful as the way Chankovic plays. Um, and I think, you know, that was what we needed. It was like, OK, yeah, sometimes play the long balls if it's on, but also be like prepared to play the ball into the midfield. And I think that's what, especially in the second half, uh, felt like it was missing more often than not. Let's take a, a break here and then... We'll come back and, and we'll talk a bit more in de- uh, detail about what went down in the first half. So, Abdullah, obviously the game starts. We're just settling into the game and then we are immediately 1-0 down. Um, take me through how you're feeling when Caroline Graham Hansen curled the ball uh, pretty impressively. It's, like, it's so funny because, like, because it's Caroline Graham Hansen, I've seen her score that goal, like, 50 million times, but it it's unreal. She's like the Iron Robin of the women's game. You know exactly what yeah. she's going to do every single time. You, you can't. I said this stop in the it. pub after. I <laughs> yeah. said exactly that. Yeah, it's just it's, you. You. What do you do? Like you. You know she's going to cut in and she's going to shoot. And but it's like every time she just gets better at doing it. And you're like, how do you stop that? Like I don't understand. You know what she's going to be. You can't stop it. And that's exactly what I thought. Like she's cutting in. Oh, pass one player. Oh, pass the second player. Oh, she's going to shoot. That's going to go. Oh, okay. It was almost like not a surprise at one point. Like. If it was she beat, you know, a player one-on-one, kind of ran past down the byline, get a cross in, and maybe JC or Salma gets, gets, gets a tap in at the back post, you can almost blame it on defending, right? You can almost blame it on structure defending. But in this case, you're like, well, it's just CGH things. I mean, like, what do you do? Like, I can't even blame anybody for that. It was just, okay, could you get tighter? But if you get tighter, she's just going to easily... I think the problem for me was in this first half was that there was a space which I felt like Leupold was supposed to be dropping into yeah, in yeah, that yeah. kind of right-hand side half space. Half space, yeah. And that to me was where she scored from. There were a couple of other times whereby 
obviously Neve's trying to show her onto her left foot. I mean, if she's going to do that with her left foot, like, like that is, like, yeah. what can you do? But she's obviously trying to show her in that direction. And I think it was Leupold who, for me, maybe was the player who I was like, yeah, I feel like this is where you're supposed to be. Um, but, yeah, I also agree with you. Like, come on, it's a... I did enjoy Emma Hayes afterwards being like, we conceded a 0.03 XG chance. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I agree with you using like individual shot XG yeah. like that, but sure. <laughs> if she had said, we conceded to a Caroline Graham Hansen goal, you know what that means. You're like, all right, fine, yeah. fair enough. Like I can, I can give you that. But no, you're right. Because I felt like each each of the double pivot, Kasper and Leupold's were responsible for their for their half space on each of their sides. And I felt like that was part of the double triple up of any anyone coming into those spaces where it was, Eve or Neve coming inside. You've got the center backs, the wider center backs, and then the D and then the double pivots dropping in to almost kind of cause like a 4v1, 4v2 to block them off in these individual spaces, which, you know, it, it, it worked. And I and I felt like the overall structure was good. But yeah, but once that first goal goes in, you're like, you know, yeah, the game plan is undone, but I think it was like it was but the thing is I'm almost it was almost so early, you're like, it's fine the fact that it was this early on, right? If it was maybe later in the half, you have momentum, it's a bit different. But okay, you set back, but it's not like but you still had like 86 minutes to kind of deal with it. And and I and I really felt like from from a defensive point of view, I felt like the five two three structure that 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 Chelsea were playing, it was it worked really well. I mean, when you're overloading and you're going up against bosses like almost three, two, five structure in their in their attacking half. You're almost going. You're basically saying oh, we're going to go man for man from you at the back, right? We're going to go man mark you. We're going to go five on five. And if you want to get past this, you need to commit more players forward. And the idea was if you've only if Barca only have two in the middle and three at the back, they need to commit one of their two to come forward. Chelsea win it back. Let's get the counter attack on, and suddenly you get like a three v three or a three v two against Barcelona, which was generally, I think, the idea that they wanted to do. Um, but like you said, I think that requires your double pivot to be disciplined in their in their, and I think it brought everyone to be disciplined in their in their responsibilities, uh, especially defensively. And Leupold should have and probably could have been in that space where CGH took that shot. Um, and I mean, I mean, to be to be fair, I, I thought I thought. Um, I thought Aaron was really good, but I thought I thought Leupold was a little bit missing in this game. I, I mean, especially from a defensive point of view, I I kind of didn't notice Melanie Leupold for most part of the game, and I'm surprised she was on for so long. Maybe you know, bringing on Sophie Ingle at halftime might have been a plot, you know, might have been an idea. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was moments in that half where I was like, you know, yes, the goal's gone in and CGH did a thing, but Chelsea's game plan is 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 actually working and. If they can commit Barca forward and and bring make them bring six or seven, there's a chance on the break. Uh, but yeah, but for the most part, I was like, all right, goal in, all right, here go Barcelona. But you know, I th- I thought they defended really well. Yeah, I I agree. I d- I thought the the plan to the way that we shut down Barcelona's midfield worked really well, and and even on the flanks, I thought our one v one defending was was good enough for large portions of the game. Um I thought Marin and Magza obviously that 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 helped with how they kind of marshaled everyone. Um but yeah, like in terms of the first half, like defensively, I thought we pretty much defended as well as I think you can against a Barcelona team who I didn't feel like were making like super loads of unforced errors going forward. Um and then on top of that, obviously we we did have an attacking threat. Um 
as we've kind of talked about, you know, the play the ball long to Sam, Sam flicks it onto Guru, and it, it works. I mean, Yash talking about Sam Kerr saying her ability to link play with headed flick-ons is arguably the best in the world. Her hang time and control on aerial draws is amazing. She won five of her six aerial duels in the first half against Barcelona and created a couple of very good opportunities from them. The control on the headers, the jump and hang time to get the first contact is impeccable. And yeah, she was repeatedly getting to the ball. She was repeatedly nodding it on to, to Guru. I think they were hard balls for Guru to, to run onto. Oftentimes, like Lucy Bronze was coming across to cover. Um, but there were like two good opportunities from them. Obviously, the offside goal like is a bit different. Like Sam's kind of running onto that one. Um, uh, but, but the one that's cleared off the line, that like was a similar tactic. Um, obviously I feel, I don't know the best way to talk about this. Cause I'm like, do you think we changed this at half time, Abdullah? Because it was like too obvious because it felt like even though it was obvious, it was still working. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Sometimes obvious is okay because until Barca forcefully, negate your plan there's no reason to change anything right now i understand you know um you know we talked about it that maybe in in in, in emma's head it was i want somebody there to be a bit more composed someone who's a bit more dribbly and be able to get the you know get the ball forward but i was like why do you want to take get someone to go past who's better at going past players when the whole system for the day relied on longer passing and incisive passing if anything, Kankovic is that player for you. And I kind of feel really bad for Kankovic because a lot of these games, she's the first one sacrificed at halftime or the early substitution. And she's not almost allowed to kind of sh you know, shine over a longer period of time. And I, and I feel like it's a little bit unfair because Kankovic was supposed to come in and be this all-round player who's really good at passing, who's really good at dribbling. And I didn't feel like she warranted, she didn't play badly in that first half at all for me to be able to say, all right, she should be coming off. I mean, if anything, I kind of just mentioned, I thought Melanie Leupold's wasn't as good and you could understand if Leupold's went off for somebody. Um, but I did. I went, when I saw Kankovic's number go up, I was like, but why? Because I, I thought she actually did well. I mean, there's a couple of moments, but... We've seen what Kankovic is able to do on and off the ball. If you want her to drive, drive past somebody, she can do it. You want her to pass, she can do it. And she's one of those few players that is so adept at playing as a number 10, but also has the skill set of number 8. So if you wanted her to drop into a third midfield spot, she can easily kind of flick through the two. So that to me didn't make any sense. And I thought, I thought Barcelona struggled against that for for, for parts because I, I was I was talking to I was talking to a friend on, on Twitter before the game a Barca fan and I was like you know he was asking me about Kankovic starting I said well to me it's two things I think one it's the long ball passing you get someone who's in as a number 10 who's really good at passing and playing those creative balls for Guru and Sam but I think at the same time I felt like it was a great off-ball ploy that what Kankovic would sit on Kira Walsh being the deeper player there and her job would be pressure Kira Walsh, make her come under pressure and have to play it out quickly and then maybe force Barca to drop Patrick Guijaro as a second double pivot so they lose a player higher up the field in midfield, bring her down and then when the ball does eventually go, Chelsea are in a more of a an overload advantage than they were if, if it's not because Lauren is not going to give you that sort of pressing on on, on their number six. So I, I actually really, I really thought that it was a great idea to bring on Kankovic because of the ball on and off ball you know, you know, presence that she could give you. And I thought that was working really well until she went off and then Chelsea just kind of dropped off a cliff because 
then the passing kind of reliance came on Aaron Cuthbert, which was fine, but you can't rely on one player to do that. Who's And that's not even Aaron's best skill set. She's really good at it now, but it's not her best skill set. And then I think Chelsea just lost a competent pass in midfield until Sophie Ingle came on like the 75th, 80th minute. So I just, I just found the whole second half, the decisions there really, really weird. And then the three attacking substitutions, I think, came a bit too late as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like, I think if you asked Emma that this substitution, it would have been about, it wouldn't have been about Trankovic being bad. I think it was about wanting LJ on the pitch and maybe trusting Guru more. And I can't really fault the logic. I think my question mark is like, was it really the right decision to want LJ on the pitch? I get, you know, like when the lineup came out, obviously I think a lot of people were like, oh my God, Lauren James isn't playing, which is fair in terms of, I think, who Lauren James is. But I think also people got a bit drawn into the Barcelona preamble where, like, Aitana was talking about how good LJ was and and things like that, rather than looking at how LJ's actually played in recent matches. Like, watching her for England, I thought she was, like, fine. Um, But, you know, she hasn't scored for Chelsea since February. Again, against Villa, it was, like okay I don't think we've seen like sparkling Lauren for for quite a bit and I think it felt like at halftime Emma was hoping she was bringing on that version of Lauren and I, I don't think we really got it like there was a point where she picked up the ball and like dribbled with it right and just moved Chelsea up the pitch and my friend turned to me and was like see this is why like you know you brought Lauren on because like she just relieves this kind of pressure and I'm like yeah but it's minute 62 like, she's been on the pitch for 17 minutes and that's the first time she's managed to do that because it just feels like right now, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, I don't know if it's a tiredness thing, but she's, she doesn't really go and get involved with the game. Like, she she kind of allows the game to, to pass her by and then I don't think Wrighton has the skills really to play effectively as a 10. Like, she's very talented, like, I love her, but again, that's not, like, where her skill set lies. So it just felt like the whole... I don't know. It just felt it really killed Chelsea's momentum. I mean, to be fair, the momentum was going towards the end of the first half. And maybe Emma Hayes saw that and was like, I'm going to bring LJ on and it's going to give this real, it's going to give Barcelona's defence different problems. And the issue was, was that she didn't, she wasn't able to. Like, that was the fact of it. Um, and I think that was just a bit disappointing. And I don't like blame LJ for this at all because I think. Because we're looking at a very young player who's playing the, some of the most minutes she's ever played in her career at a much higher level than what she's played in her career. No offence, Manchester United. But, you know, like, she's never played in a game this big. So it's, like, to be expected, I think, you know, to, even if some a player's really good to not have as much of an impact. Like, I could point to, to Salma even and be like, I think Salma's incredible player. Like I think she's going to be absolutely world class, but today it was it was pretty easy, you know, to deal with her. Um, that's what happens, I think, when you're playing against younger players. Um, so yeah, I I just thought that that was all a bit bizarre. Um, but yeah, obviously in the second half, Barcelona definitely put the pressure on Chelsea's out ball, which just wasn't there as much. And this is where we have to, I think, come to the Marinaissance talk about Marin Mielda. Um. Abdullah, this was a performance that just rolled back the years. 
Oh my goodness. I didn't think I'd ever see Peak Marin again. And she's just pulled one out of the bag against Barcelona. I mean, like, that is just unreal. I mean, this is, you know, it, the, 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 the decision to to keep Mag, uh, to, to keep Marin Mielda at the club and almost like picking her, just doing pickpocket. I mean, just kind of, you know, pocket striding her for like big games. Like, you know, I remember Manchester City randomly in the beginning of the season, like, is Marin Miel the random be playing at right back? Turns out a world class performance, uh, you know. And then obviously lately she's been playing more because of the injuries. But it's so crazy that even now after that after the, after the injury and Marin coming back and kind of getting relatively less minutes in in comparison to 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 what players would do after an injury like this and just coming out. Well, I mean, look at these stats. I mean, fifty two touches, three tackles, three blocks, wins four to nine duels, one interception, one dribble, eleven clearances. I mean. That is a defensive performance and a half at a, at a, at a, against a couple of very quick players in JC and um, in Salma. And also not to, not to mention, she was also on the same side that Rolfo was on, which is another speedy uh, wide player. And again, I mean, not to, not to, not to, not to dunk on, on, on Eve, but Eve isn't the quickest. So, you know, there was a lot of defending had to be done covering in behind Eve Perisay's position. So... I thought Marin, in terms of her intelligence, her spatial awareness, her her game management, just overall defending, I went. It just it just to me very much. It looked like she just knew what she needed to do, and she just used her strengths and defended that way. There was no need for her to, you know, if if there's if there's if there are defenders out there, you look at. I mean, this is probably for Eve, right? When you don't have the pace, just look at the intelligence that Marin puts on the pitch to be able to defend. And if she can do that, then we have two hell of a defenders on that side. But yeah, I think, I mean, if Marin Bielder can do this and kind of, you know, to me, it resembles the the renaissance of Sophie Ingle as well in the last year where she's just kind of popped up and just done these amazing performances. Then I'm happy to keep Marin for another year or so and just kind of, you know, see as that goes as, a, as, a, as an excellent backup. So I thought Marin was marshaled um, Salma really well. And, and, and I thought, you know, she she kept her quiet more so than we, we'd expect. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I thought. Yeah, as I said earlier, I thought Magda Eriksson also had a, a fantastic game. I thought the two of them together covered the space, and and having Jess alongside them, I think really helped. I feel like it allowed all three of them to to not feel overexposed and and be happy with the areas they were defending themselves. Um, Marin's just kind of like ball awareness. I thought was was great. Um, you know, knowing when to clear. Actually, I think from everyone, you know. When before this game, when we were talking about you have to play a perfect game, that's what we got. I felt like there was no random passes to random players. You know, when the ball needed to go out, it went out. When the ball needed to go forward, it went forward. the The space was there. When you weren't going to catch a player, there was no stupid tackles. You backed off and you allowed someone to come and help you. Um, and I think that was just yeah, definitely like. Barcelona are just one of the most crazy attacking teams in the world. Like, there's just no one who plays like them. And I think to defend as well as we did, which has been our weakness. Um, and I was talking to someone on Twitter and I was like, why do we never get both? Like, why do we have either good defense, bad attack or bad defense, good attack? Like one day, surely <laughs> this season we get to have both. And I'm still waiting for it. Um uh yes. So where do we get to? I guess in this game, uh, I think Erin coming off and Mariona coming on. It wasn't exactly the same time, but it was around the same time. This like fully swung the game towards Barcelona. I thought Mariona was great when she came on. She 
comes inside a lot more than Salma. It gave them an additional option in midfield. And then with Aaron off, it felt like we didn't have that kind of technical capability to win back and progress the ball um, in the way that, that she had done in the first half. This game kind of descended, Abdullah, into both teams, I think, being quite happy about the result, which from a Chelsea perspective is kind of disappointing because we were losing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. Like, if this was the away leg, I mean, so if this was the away leg first and you've lost 1-0, you can say, okay, you've lost 1-0, you were away from home. It's not a bad scoreline, but this is Barcelona at home. And Chelsea were getting worse as the game went on. And you're like, yes, you've lost 1-0, but you realize you're going to the Spotify camp now next week where they're practically... The Spotify, Spotify camp, camp now, no now. less. I, I, thought we, I thought we need to get that Do you that get correctly. fined if you don't call it that? <laughs> I, don't, I have a Spotify subscription. I don't want them to cancel it if I don't say it. <laughs> so we're going to the Spotify camp new next season. Oh, it's the next season next week. So, you know, you where they're practically impossible to to get you know to, to be over there so you're like you needed the goals in this game and then you basically needed to hold off for a draw next week and i don't know it's it's like where do you where do you go from here do you do you go all out do you do you kind of do the same thing and kind of play a bit more counter-attacky with a bit more attacking emphasis do you do you say screw defense we're just gonna go out and attack and expose ourselves there's a there's a lot of ifs and buts um I don't know. It's 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 a tough one to to call, and um, I just felt like Boss's decision making in that second half was just for me so much more thought out, and and just it just I think it just worked better. And I think I think while I was telling I was telling somebody uh, on on Twitter during the game, I was like, Barcelona literally just decided we're gonna play a little bit better now. We're just gonna go up to third gear and then just kind of close this game out. And I felt like that's what they did. They just went into third gear and went. Second half, we're going to close this down, and they made some changes, and and they and they made things work. And probably like when Mariona came on was probably when maybe then Chelsea should have reacted because that's probably someone who's going to kind of come inside, pull players out of position, overload the midfield a bit more than Salma, who's going to run in behind and kind of play on that wide space uh, and play a bit more in the box. Um, so yeah, I just I don't know. Next week is just there's more questions for me than answers. I think for next week. Yeah, this is a good point for us to take our second ad break here and then let's have a, a little talk about how, how we approach Thursday's game. I am feeling surprisingly optimistic about Thursday's game. Not that I think we're going to win and go through, but just that I'm looking, I'm glad we've got a game to play. Um, I also think it will be interesting to see, and this I guess is the question, how Chelsea choose to approach this because... It's fair to say that today was pretty reserved. Not as reserved as it could be. We did get to see 45 minutes of Yelena Chankovic when I guess we could have had Jesse Fleming ball, which would have been fine. It would have just been a very different approach. There are numerous other factors coming in. I think, well, obviously, big one was, which we haven't talked about yet, Penela Harder came on and got some minutes. So that's an option. Does she start maybe too soon for her? And then I guess the other question is, Abdullah, is do you just go from it straight away? Do you just say, fuck it, like, this is it, and risk it? Or if not, at what point do you say? do you? Because I feel like what I've seen from Chelsea this season 
is there is no gear shift. We start in a gear and we only go slower from it. Leon would be, second leg would also be a case in point. Kind of conservative game plans, good opportunities. They don't come off and we retreat and we retreat, retreat. That happened today as well. So I don't really have faith in the idea that Chelsea could like play it safe until six, the 60th minute and then go for it. I just don't think we've seen that from them this season. I agree. And I, I just, and I think that comes down to, I don't think we have the personnel to do that because I think the personnel is either you play like you did today and just sit back and defend, 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 defend. And you, you kind of go off, you know, a couple of scrappy chances that you can give to a guru or a Sam or whoever up front. Or you kind of just throw the kitchen sink and, and you get in, you know, three, four, five attacking players and you kind of, you know, you know, throw hell to leather and you just let the defense go and you just you just play attacking football. And I, I just don't think the team has because, I you know, I, I think part of it comes down to the team hasn't had to play like that in the league, at least um, enough where they can sit back and then have to change gears and kind of go forward. I almost feel like they were able to maybe do that a season or two seasons ago because I felt like you had a couple of personnel. I think G being a prime component of that of being able to just change the pace and change the change the game and control control that midfield. I think I think that sort of tactic comes down to needing a midfield like that. You look at Barcelona, you look at Lyon, you look at teams like that who have midfielders who are capable of controlling play so well that you're able to to kind of say okay I can I can we can control it now and then we can push forward or we can sit deep and we can we can kind of hold it there um so I don't I, I agree with you I don't think that Chelsea can just sit back and 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 kind of hold pressure for for the thing I think they they probably will stick with the back 3 back 5 I just think that you just need to make the back three, back five a little bit more attacking. So maybe you play a three, five, two, and you play with a little bit more energy. So you maybe play Guru at left wing back. You say take the same back three of Jess, Magda, Marin, and say Eve at right wing back, or even Neve Charles at right wing back. You throw throw Neve up at right wing back, right? You have that back five. You then have a midfield three of let's say uh, Aaron, Fleming, and Kankovic. You know, like play play those three, get some legs, get some energy, get some creativity, and then you have Guru and and Sam, uh, sorry, not Guru, Lauren and and Sam up front as your two, and I can probably see enough defensive stability there, but also enough firepower to go forward and try and get a, an early goal back and and kind of push it through. My only my only crux with that is that if at 60, 70 minutes, who do you bring on? You bring on JRK and you bring on you know who else like Sophie Ingle. You're kind of stuck, so you almost have to, you know, or you end up bringing Penela Harder. I don't think Penela Harder is ready to play 70, 80 minutes. I think she has to play a shorter amount. So I think as maybe a 20, 25 minute cameo in, in the second leg, I think it's a bit more plausible. And maybe you bring on both of both her and, and Canarid, you know, when, when they have tired, maybe a bit more tired legs and can run in behind. The, and let's not forget, I think the camp, the camp now is a bigger pitch. It's a lot bigger pitch than Stamford Bridge. And I think there's going to be a lot more space. And I think maybe this is where Canarid can really benefit alongside uh, Gurrighton. The way that Chelsea played against Lyon at the at the at the you know in the first leg, where Guru had so much space to kind of run into and run against Ellie Carpenter, they can do this. They can do the same thing next week. I really think there's a chance because 
Rolfo is really good at attacking, but she can leave space in behind. Lucy Bronze is 50-50, obviously, for next week. We don't know how she's going to play. But if it is Martha Torreon, there is a very good chance there for Guru to go up against Martha and, and kind of beat her beat her there. Um, but if it is Lucy, then you think, I mean, you said it last time, Lucy will just run forward and then there's space in behind. So I really feel like the fullbacks of Barcelona are where Chelsea need to go at. And when you, if you can play Canarid and and rights and maybe up against those two i i really feel like you maybe have a have a decent chance of 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 maybe finding some joy and letting uh sam and lauren kind of play in and around the box and, and kind of go from there so I, I think there's a couple of ways but possibly maybe playing with speed and playing with with that sort of game plan in my mind is is the, is the way to go yeah i mean i definitely would be inclined to try and get a front three out on the pitch just because I feel I still feel like I don't know. I feel like you at least need players to be peeling out wider than they were today, even if you're gonna play the front two. It's really tricky. It's really tricky to figure out how to to match up to a team like Barcelona. Um I guess just the one thing is is that this this really kind of will be it, and so you hope everyone just finds that extra boost of energy um that maybe wasn't quite there today it will be really i mean barcelona at camp nou have just been absolutely brutal uh, every time they played there so i don't really know how you drown out the noise i guess the only thing i would say is chelsea maybe have more players who are used to playing on stages that big um than other teams do Although, of course, they're kind of missing, like, Millie Bright, who's done it, like, a million times in front of 80,000 people at Wembley uh, in finals and stuff like that. I think that might be where we really see that kind of, like, leadership be missed, as amazing as as our defence was today. But there are a lot of calm heads out there. Um, it's a shame it's such a quick turnaround as well. Because you just think, oh, there are a couple of extra days to, like, get that rest and recuperation in. You know, if we were playing on Saturday, on the Sunday... Um, but Thursday, it's like, it's really, you know, if you have Sunday as your rest day and Wednesday as your travel day, like, there's not much time at all um, to turn around. But it's very, it's a very weird situation to be in because, as, I, as I've said, I, I never thought we were going to go through the semi-final, but there's like that tiny bit where you're like, but could we? Because we've kind of been decent um, at points in this game. So... I don't know. It'll be very interesting just from a kind of taxable perspective to see how Emma iterates on this. She said after the game, I didn't see anything I don't already know. I wanted to go into the next game of the tie and we're in the tie. So, but there will also be things she saw from the way she set Chelsea up, you know, the stuff she's referenced about skipping the pass we were supposed to make. I guess it's whether how much of that you can change. Um, you know, I do think it, it was interesting as well. I felt like Barcelona showed Chelsea a lot of respect in that sense. You know, I, I've seen people say like, oh, Chelsea didn't counterattack anywhere near as well as, as Roma were able to counterattack. But Roma were able to counterattack because Barcelona pushed everyone forward. Like they, they were worried about, they were worried about Chelsea's ability to counterattack. And in some ways that's maybe benefited Chelsea because now they're only a goal down whereas maybe if Barcelona had gone out more they'd have been punished or they might have scored more 
So I don't know. I feel very flummoxed by all of these games, but we will obviously find out what happens at the Camp Nou next week. Player of the match. I think this one's about as unanimous as we're going to get all season. Uh, <laughs> we'll give it to Marin, right? Yep, Marin's got to be the one. I just, I just can't like best best game of her of her, of her season. So for me, it's got to be Marin Mielder. I'm so happy for Marin and for for Magda, just because they're two yeah. players who've had strange roles to play this season and. To do well in these kind of things, you need your squad players to step up and both of them have done like in really crucial moments. And now we just need our non-squad players to step up too and then we'll be golden. <laughs> um, so if we can get that sorted by Thursday, that will be much appreciated. Um, just a bit of news from elsewhere. Arsenal obviously playing Wolfsburg tomorrow in the other semi-final. Actually, it's so funny because I'm, I was kind of like, what is another semi-final? Because this game just feels like it's taken up so much of my mental energy. But there is another one. And uh, yeah, Arsenal off to Wolfsburg. Obviously, Nelia Williamson for them because she has done her ACL. That happened in the game that played midweek where Man United won 1-0 against Arsenal, which has done some interesting things to the table. United now 18 games played, 44 points. Us in second, 16 played 40 points Arsenal on 17 played 38 points City on the same kind of makes it feel like it is now just a two horse race between us and United uh, even though we have to play Arsenal but we will see we've had some twists and turns uh, other games in WSL this weekend not super exciting Reading play Everton Liverpool Brighton Spurs Villa and City West Ham they are all happening tomorrow for us today for you um, alright Abdullah what's your vibe quickly on this Camp Nou game. I've already uh, like monologued about how my vibe is. I don't know. So you can pick what you want. <laughs> I, I don't know either. I just, I kind of, if we can see the first half Chelsea again, then it's, then I think we have a game on our hands. And I think if we can come away with not losing the time and not losing the game next week, I'll be happy. Cause I don't think we'll go through, but if we just don't lose it, I'll be happy. Yeah. I would love to see a score. I oh really want to be see amazing. a score today. I was glad I knew Kerr was offside from where I was sitting at Cicero offside, so I didn't celebrate the writing goal because that would have actually like hurt my soul. No. But I would love that's all I want. I just want to cheer a goal. That's my one concern that I actually mentioned. Um is we now haven't we've scored one goal in our last three Champions League games. And I know they've been against Leon and Barcelona, but that does give me a little bit of an ick. But whatever, we're going to score loads at the new <laughs> Camp. I know it. We're going to score like four. Four-nil win. That's what I'm saying. Um, all right, it. we will be back after that game. I'm not exactly sure when because I am going. Um, so I need to figure out. Maybe I'll just be wandering around Barcelona forever in a daze once we win. Um, or equally I'll have run away to hide myself once we get embarrassed uh, but yeah we will obviously do an episode after that we are back WSL action we are at home to Liverpool and at home to Everton in, in the first two games next week so um, everyone hold on to your hats let's see how this goes we'll be back on Thursday until then Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high <laughs>